Right, so this is Danny Flexen from Seconds Out, joined by... Fuad Abdulaziz in the Bazilding from Behind the Gloves. The, the dynamic Representing Behind the Gloves. Um, and we're here for the latest edition of... We never came up with a better name, so I guess we're sticking with... <laughs> stuck with two. What about Fuad and Flexen? That's what I named it. I think Good the F and F... Your name first, what a surprise. <laughs> Flexen and Fuad, whatever you want, we'll go with the flow. I don't the, the, the coolest law firm this side of Manchester, Fuad Adam Flexen, happy to take on all cases, pro bono and all that. I like it, fully, I like it. Fully, fully. So this week, it seems that all the major things seem to be happening, primarily in the welterweight division. Um, mm. Amir Khan getting summarily trounced by Manny Pacquiao at the wild card is somehow a news story in 2020. Um, mm. Dean Byrne, a guy I've got a lot of time for, um, former fixture really at a wild card gym um, has come out. He's not come out. Oh, let me rephrase that. <laughs> he um, gave an interview to Sky Sports and um, talked about his experiences at the wild card. Very interesting. I recommend people go and read it. But the thing that's been picked out as the headline by most national newspapers is that he once saw Amir Khan knocked unconscious apparently by Manny Pacquiao in the gym. And it was one of several times Khan was seriously hurt. By the Pac-Man. What, what, what do you make of this suddenly becoming relevant once again? Okay, many points. First of all, I didn't even hear about it until you pointed it out. Where's Twitter? Twitter didn't let me know on this one. But, okay, so... <laughs> Amir Khan, Amir Khan uh, and Pacquiao, from the footage, the little footage we've ever seen, you know, the clips that have ever been released, the, foot, the sparring didn't look too bad. It looked, it looked competitive. Now... Given Amir Khan's chin is very suspect. No, no, I'm not saying his. I'm not saying it's it's fluffy or anything. I don't know how uh, the the chin is actually structured. But you know his his fighting style has always left him uh, sort of open to getting shots. He's he he carried the amateur styles into the pro. His fast hands. You know, a lot of people talk about his fast hands. Why has he got fast hands? Is because he commits to his punches, unlike a lot of pros do. You know, but a lot of pros sit back and take time with it. He's like this, chin in the air gets hit. So, yeah, I can see him getting dropped a few times. But we're talking about 16 to 18-ounce gloves, thick head guards. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he's been knocked out once. But I don't know. I, 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 don't, I, I don't know whether to believe that or not. It's a sticky one. Because it's Amir Khan, it's making me think about it. No offense. Obviously, it's just, you know, that's what we've, what we've been led to believe as fans. But... I don't see. I don't see Manny Pacquiao as the guy to continuously try hurt Amir Khan. Yeah. Um, I think them two have a good relationship. Like as 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 Jim Palzi could call call him at the time, they had probably had some sort of relationship where you know they'd respect each other's skill set and keep it competitive and learn from each other and not try knock each other out every freaking goal. But who knows? What about what about you? Thing is, right? If his chin was that vulnerable, we know it's vulnerable in pro fights and everything. But if his chin was that vulnerable in a sparring environment, a would he have ever joined the wild card in the first place when it's renowned for gym wars? Mm. And b would he have been going in as a regular sparring partner, one of the most ferocious punches of his generation? It just seems crazy. Like, yeah, I imagine he's been dropped in sparring. A lot of um, fighters with presumably better chins have been dropped in sparring, but knocked unconscious and that being allowed to happen in a pro gym, I, I'm not so sure. I mean, but to say that, we, I spoke to um, Khan probably about five years ago when I was still at NewsQuest doing like boxing news, fighting fit and stuff. And he told myself and a colleague that he'd once said Pacquiao all over the place in sparring. 
So maybe that's just what guys say about sparring, you know, to make it a story, someone's got to have been seriously hurt, haven't they? But it's like you said, it's more believable because of Khan's reputation. For sure. That sparring session, what I think of it when I think about it is, <clears throat> number one, it being fucking fast, like fast hands of both of them. But for, for exactly for that reason, they, I can see both of them clipping each other numerous times. And, uh, you know, um, who's the guy that said the story? Dean uh, yeah, Dean Burns, so he's probably seen like you know someone land and then maybe wobble that way a little bit. That's how that happens in every other sparring session, but maybe because it's so intense between them, you know, they're going back and forth, fast hands, one trips a little bit that way. It doesn't mean they're hurt, it's just sparring, you're going for it. He ended the quote by saying something like, Um, Pacquiao would have knocked Khan out then, he'd knock him out now, he'll knock Khan out forever, <laughs> which I thought was exceptionally brutal way of putting it. That's uh. That's, that's definitely stabbing Amir Khan in his heart. Like, yeah, exactly. I imagine like him reading that would just be devastating. Like, it'll knock him out yeah. forever. He's probably a good mate of Dean Burns. Like, think, what did I do to you, bro? What did I ever say? <laughs> I feel sorry for Amir Khan sometimes. You know, he's always been the... He's, he's always come... He's almost become like everyone outside, everyone who's not a... Casual fans know him. But when, whenever you speak to a casual fan about Amir Khan, have you realised, oh, he's got no chin, man. He's like, he's just, I'm like, I'm, we're talking about an Olympic medalist, someone who's become world champion, gone over to America, conquered America. And, and by conquered, I don't mean Mayweather style, fucking one. Yeah. You know, he's fought top level fighters. He's dropped top. He fucking dropped Maidana. Do, people don't understand how hard it is. Zab Judah Malinaji. Yeah, exactly. Zab Judah. Like a decent you know, Malinaji yeah. as well. Exactly. So Amir Khan is, is, is funny. I don't know how I'd say this, but he is kind of underrated in the casual fan's eye. He really is because he's, he's honestly one of, in the last uh, two decades, I'd say one of the best fighters out of Britain because of his skill set. Of course, there is parts of him that we'll always pick out. And my, my thing with him is he, his transition from amateur to pro didn't help him because he, you know, he kept that style. Should if you maybe look at like respective resumes, right, with him and Ricky Hatton, uh, as pros, you have to rate Hatton higher because he's got the better world-level wins over Zoo and, and Castillo to a lesser extent. But they yeah. both lost to only to really, really good fighters. You know, exactly. Khan's lost to like Canelo, Crawford, etc., and and uh, Hatton to Mayweather, Pacquiao, and then in that ill-advised comeback. And then yeah. Khan's got the Olympic silver medal to kind of back up and make it a bit of a more even contest because Hatton's got a better pro career. But if you look at how they're perceived by the casual fan, it's worlds apart. Yeah. yeah, that's because that's, that goes to show how um, uneducated casual boxing fans are. Because yeah. casual fans of other sports, I don't think, are as bad as casual boxing fans. Because these guys don't, uh, you know, when they see... Uh, fucking the Ruiz fight was a, an example, the Joshua Ruiz fight. Uh, granted, the only person on Ruiz's resume that people knew of, if anything, was Joseph Parker. But because he didn't have a big name, it was the biggest shock in the world. But if you know anything about boxing, you don't have to know Ruiz, by the way, because I didn't fully know him. I'd seen him in clips and out uh, of PBC and stuff. But when I watched him properly, I instantly knew that night was going to be interesting. If, if well, I didn't expect him to lose, but definitely was going to be interesting for Joshua. Casual fans disagree. They're like, no, he lost to that fuck guy. You know, it's just, it is what it is. It is what it is. We're going to It's interesting that. what you say though about being different from other sports. Because like, I, I quite like football, but I wouldn't call myself more than a casual fan. I'm a Liverpool fan, but... You know, I don't watch every game. I don't even watch every Liverpool game, never mind every game that's on. I know a lot of people watch any game that's on Sky or BT or whatever. 
But I think I could be asked two or three questions by a football fan on social media and get away with looking like I knew what I was talking about. Whereas boxing fans, casual ones, you ask them like one follow-up question to whatever ridiculous point they're putting on Twitter and they're found out straight away. So it's yeah. like it is a fan base unlike no other, I think. Yeah, it's a, it's a strange one. It's a strange one. But, but all shooting casuals, <laughs> we, we want you still. We, we want the views. Keep yeah. the views. Pussy views, pussy views. Oh my god, let's not even go there. <laughs> let's not even go there. Uh, what we what else have we got today? Well, welterweights, right? So we're talking about welterweights. You can't really have a conversation about Amir Khan without also talking about Kel Brook. The two have been Bobby. linked. Baby, <laughs> I'll give you this chocolate brownie. <laughs> That's brilliant. Chocolate brownie. I'm, I'm going to cut that out as a clip and I'm going to text it to him. I like him, Kel. Kel tell him where your gym is. Because he's Kel not far from you, is he? I used to train at the Ingle Gym. Yeah. I love the Ingle Gym. Uh, yeah, Kel, Kel's a, Kel, Kel's Kel, if you're watching, <laughs> remember the face. <laughs> Go get him. Show, show him the chocolate brownies, nothing to be joked about. <laughs> I love to make the chocolate brownies are solid. They had Golovkin wobbling, that's for sure. Golovkin, that was, that was the best, one of the best kind of five rounds. Was it five rounds? One of the best five round fights in terms of enjoyment. And Mate, how Squire commentary got carried away as well. That was great. No, I wouldn't even say they got carried away because I, I, how can you not get carried away when freaking that uppercut that landed? Well, no, I got carried away as well, but I'm just saying, oh. like, they're professionals. Oh, that was beautiful. The way he, oh, every time I watch it back, I get excited. The, I wasn't even there, I watched it on TV. Yo, but the atmosphere TV. that I could hear from the TV, uh, were you at the fight? No, no, I watched it on TV as well. Okay, but the atmosphere you could hear was crazy, man. No, it was great stuff. But it looks like he might have missed out on a big fight again. And I hate to say it because he's been waiting for a big fight for about two years now. But it looks like Terence Crawford, it has been discussed for a while. And he might still get the fight later on. But I guess without live crowds being allowed in the UK at the moment and travel restrictions involving UK fighters going over to the US, it's going to be quite difficult for Brooke to get that fight and for him against Terence Crawford title challenge to be feasible right now. Yeah. Far apart from whether Brooke can still make 147 safely or not, he insists he can. Um, but it looks like from recent reports that your Dennis Ugas, um, Cuban, who many thought was unlucky not to beat Sean Porter not too long ago, will get the shot at Crawford. And, and he's based in the US, so it kind of makes sense. But it's kind of feel a little bit for Kelbrook. Of course. How can you not? Like, it's just another chapter in this just shit time since, since the Spence loss. Obviously, he's had, you know, the wins, but, you know, the, the Zarafa fight... It was a bit off for him. He came back um, the last fight against uh, what's his name? Deluca. Deluca. That's it. You know, good, good little knockout there. That was that was impressive. Deluca's a you know we expected Kel to win, but you know it was a good good way of showing he still got power by knocking out a guy who's pretty durable. By the he looks, he was of quite patient fight. as well. Like in the Zarafa yeah, fight, yeah. he seemed to kind of be a bit reckless and was yeah. desperate to get him out of there when he hadn't done it early. Whereas with Deluca, he remained quite poised. And I thought this is the old Kel Brook back. Exactly, that's what I thought as well. Um, so you, you, after that fight, you thought, you know, with talks, you're probably going to end up probably getting Crawford in the UK. That, that might actually happen. Um, and then this, this just happens. You, you know, it's not his fault. It's not no one's fault. I just want to see what Kells, you know, I don't know if he's in the gym. I don't know if he's training. I don't know what he's doing now. But I've always had one thing for Kelly in my head as a fan. I was just like, just, just stay stay healthy, stay fit. And whenever a fight comes, you know, a, a, a position like this now, I, do, I wouldn't want him to take a Crawford fight. I think, you know, it's unfortunate. You can't blame anything like this on anyone. Of course, you feel for him. But maybe one more fight behind closed doors uh, against whoever, it doesn't matter. And then I'm thinking once we're back, 
just jump into that Crawford fight because it'll be good for both of them. Crawford needs a fight as well. I think he quite fancied the Liam Smith fight. I just think they didn't come up with an offer that he was quite, you know, felt was right for that fight. But I think he quite fancied it as a fight. I think, I think both style did. wise, I think, you know. Yeah, both of them did. But again, if it got made, would we have seen it? I don't think so. Yeah, it been with everything that's gone on, yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's just one of those shitty situations. But hey, Ugas against Crawford is a, is a beautiful fight. Behind closed doors, I'm not complaining. Is Ugas the best opponent that Crawford's fought as a pro? And, and if so, is Kelbrook better? That's a very good question. I think Kelbrook is better. Man. I think Kelbrook is better because of the style. Um, you know, we've seen Ugas lose like three or four times. Um, he, he can be susceptible. Are getting hit until he's not been knocked out. I don't think has he. Um, think so. But he's you know he he's he can lose a fight and we've seen that with Brook. We've seen him lose to two very very good opponents in two very very unfortunate situations. Um, and Brook's just class, bro. So I think the the Brook Crawford fight is definitely um, a more tricky fight for Crawford as well. Brook's skill skill set is very um, underrated. But in this situation. How can you complain? Ugas is a strong fighter. You know he'll come in. His performance against Sean Porter was solid. So that's got given him every right and every bit of confidence to go in against Crawford and, and, and handle business. And the big rival for Crawford at 147 is obviously Errol Spence, who was involved in that horrific car crash that we all saw the video of. He looked like he was trying to do some sort of stunt or something that went wrong. But, you know, we can, we can joke about it now because we know he made it out with no serious injuries. Yeah. But... He's talking about coming back in quite a big fight and a stern test. Do you think that's wise? That's a good question as well. Danny, you are on fire, son. You it's are like, on fire. It's like fire. I've been doing this for a while. Do you know what I mean? Like, you're, you're on fire. You give me the answer to that first. Let's see what you say. Do you think it's all right, wise? All right. uh, no. No, I don't think it's wise. No, not just because of the car accident, but also because he's been inactive for even longer than most people who've been inactive because of COVID-19. And he's going to be going in against fighters who are going to have more of a chance of upsetting him than they would have if he was in peak condition, he'd shed the ring rust and everything else. I think he's more than other people. Say again? Who's the talked about fight for him? I'm trying to think. Didn't they say like Danny Garcia? Yeah, I think it was one. Mikey Garcia. I know Pacquiao was supposed to fight one of the Garcias and they're talking about... Oh no, Spence already fought Mikey, hasn't he? No, so Pacquiao versus Mikey was meant to be in Saudi in July. That got completely cancelled, um, and it was going to be Spence versus Garcia originally in January, for that that card. But yeah, obviously course, he, had yeah. his, he, had, he had his car crash, and then they were still going to rearrange it. So yeah, so he wants to get straight in with someone of that caliber. Maybe a Keith Thurman would, would be an option as well. And I just think these guys will be licking their lips to go up against Spence, who's probably not going to be a hundred percent. No, for sure he needs to. I I agree with you. He needs to take. Um, uh, um, what's the what's the word? Not a step up fight, sorry. The a, a tune up, a, a warm up fight, because for sure, and like you say, I I I I disagree with you on the point that you think you know he's been out for so long is the major factor. You know, a fighter can be out for so long. Someone like him is a pro. He's, he's been in the game for a long time. He can adapt to that within the fight. Obviously, maybe first few rounds might be slow for him. But for me, is how is your how is your head gonna react to taking a shot first time? You know, how are you going to react mentally? Because, bro, he fucking smashed his head as well. So, mentally, people change. I, when I had all this shit happen to me, I became really big bollocks. I'm, I'm not scared of getting knocked out now. So, I've, I've, I've gained this power of, of, of 
No See, fear. So, some people watching this won't know what you mean when you say all this. I'm sure there are plenty of devoted Fuad fans. The Fuad Massive, or whatever you call them. The Fuad Pack, maybe? I don't know. You'll have to think okay. about that. But they won't know what you're talking about when you refer to your facial injuries that you suffer. So you might want to fill people in. Just a quick one. But uh, yeah, I, I was on a little scooter while just before, um, just before Wilder Fury. I spent some time out in Los Angeles and they've got these electric scooters, which are super fun. Um, but they, they do go at 15 miles an hour. Now, that might not sound like a lot of speed, <laughs> but I promise you, if someone touches you, you're falling over. Um, it was night. I didn't see a pothole. I hit it. I went flying headfirst, landed, smashed my whole face, um, lost a tooth. That's why I always hide my tooth. This is, this is all healing up. My face was a mess. I was like a big, bloody, ugly mess. If you go back to any of the Wilder Fury pictures, you'll see me looking nothing like me. But yeah, that's what I'm saying. It, it, that week for me, I could feel like, even afterwards, you can feel the effects. And that was only a little freaking scooter accident. Spence had a massive, massive accident. I think I said at the time, it was a bit like Kanye West, except without, you know, the resulting through the wire or spectacular superstardom, unfortunately for you. but Unfortunate. Well, Terence Crawford did come up to me. He was like, he gave me like, a, I think an unintentional, unintentional father talk. He was like, what's happened to your face? And I was like, okay, Terence, this is Terence Crawford. <laughs> so like, yeah, I just had an accident. This was before the accident. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he asked me what happened I told him it was an accident and he goes you wasn't wearing your helmet was you and I was like no he goes he just he didn't even smile he didn't break a smile he was just serious next time wear a helmet I was like okay but it doesn't give you enough. next time wear a helmet I was like okay put my head down and water <laughs> he, he cheers bud yeah. yeah cheers bud you can imagine but, yeah. what he thought then when Spence like totaled his car because he, he wasn't wearing a seatbelt was he I no. think I'd have to check. Hey, that saved him. Don't want to that, lie that, him. That saved him. He got out of the car. Yeah, the fact that he wasn't wearing a seatbelt, it threw him out. Yeah. I wonder what Terence would say about that, you know. Yeah, well, I'm sure he's got a lot to say. I think we'll hear it once the fight. Do you think that's... Fu- okay, we, we've got this period now. We're going to get fans in, hopefully. Hopefully, we're going to get a few hundred in by September. Things going to plan. Um, and if everything goes to plan, what, what, what what's your take on it? When are we going to see it? I think next year. I think... I think they both realise, hopefully now, especially after the car crash, that time's at premium. They're both, I believe, I have to check this, but I both think they're the wrong side of 30 now, coming from someone who's nearly getting towards the 40 mark myself. But both the wrong side of 30. And not only that, I think we've seen PBC and Top Rank edging towards a closer relationship now. Errol's, Errol's 30, by the way. Errol's 30. Crawford is 35, I think. That's technically the wrong side of 30 if he's past his 30th birthday, I'm claiming it. But either so way, I think we've seen yeah. top rank of PBC working together for Wilder Fury. Uh, we might see him work together in the future for other, certainly for Wilder Fury 3, um, whenever that happens. So they've got that established relationship now between the TV networks. So I think that they could come together. But it's just whether Crawford Spence generates, or Spence Crawford, don't want to upset anyone, generates enough money to make it worth a two network pay per view. Like, is there enough money to split? I don't know. Mm. Obviously, Wilder Fury there was. Yeah, that's a good point. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be interesting to see how that one works itself out because Wilder Fury is a completely different discussion to Crawford Spence. A lot of casuals tune in because you know Wilder Fury, the heavyweights. You'll always hear about them. But Crawford Spence, as, as big as they are, unfortunately, a lot of casual fans don't know them. So are they going to pay for a pay-per-view? Doubt it. 
And as we're talking about welterweights, let's bring it back to the domestic sphere for a minute. There's a lot of talks about during the hiatus of when boxing came back, we'd see possibly Chris, uh, so, yeah, uh, Chris Jenkins defending the British welterweight title against Conor Ben. And it looks like at the moment, the parties haven't been able to come to an agreement. I know Jenkins wanted a certain amount of money to compensate for the fact he wouldn't have a full camp. Lockdown restrictions are harsher in Wales, apparently, than England. I don't know. Jim's still haven't opened back here, so whatever. But the point is... Well, elite fighters are allowed to train. Yeah, so well, if, if they're in a private gym, yeah. Obviously, if you're in a public gym, public gyms can't open, can they? So if the gym's going to open just for the boxers, that's fine, I guess. But public gyms aren't allowed to be back open yet. So like anything, like even the EIS in Sheffield, they're now back, aren't they? But they don't allow the public in to train, so it's all right. Mm -hmm. So yeah, we'll see. But but anyway, like Jenkins, uh, Ben was talked about, but now it looks like, because Ben has made a comment saying he wouldn't fight during the, um, without a crowd, unless it was for the British or Commonwealth title, which is his prerogative. He's obviously one of the lucky few that can make that sort of decision. Um, and then Chris Jenkins wants a certain amount of money, but, what, what do you make of that fight if they are able to get on either on a Warren or a Hearn show? All I'm going to say is Conor Ben just gets better and better every time you see him. Conor Ben is like very impressive. Chris Jen I've not seen much of Jenkins, you know. I know I've seen bits and bobs and he looks strong and he looks like he's got his fundamentals on luck. You've got to give him that. But Conor Ben is, I, I don't want to doubt him anymore. It's hard to doubt him because every time that uh, the when he fought on the undercard of uh, Josh, was it Josh Taylor and uh, Progre? Was it that one? Oh, or was yeah. it Tinko Campbell? It was one. It was one of the O2 cards. It was a big O2 card. Um, I think it was. This is gonna annoy me now. Which card was it? It was one of the two. But anyway, he came out and the opponent he had was. Uh, it was a. Oh, it was a European guy and he was solid. Who is it? Yeah, yeah it was like finished, wasn't he? I think he was finished. Old kid, Boga. Yeah, yeah. And the way he handled him was like, oh. Oh. Yeah, didn't he get like, he got shook by a punch in like the first round or something, and after that just completely dominated. Yeah, that's the one thing about Connor though. Like, even though he's improving, there's times where it's a bit shaky. We we saw that early in his career when when that mad fight at your call, uh, when he got knocked down a few times. That was crazy. So uh, uh, this is the breaking point. It's hard, uh, like I said, British level against a solid British uh, level fighter um, who's got his fundamentals on lock against. Conor Ben, who, who keeps improving time after time, but has shown, you know, certain uh, openings, you could say, you know, certain, uh, dis what's the word? Weaknesses. So yeah. it, it'll, be, it'll explode into a fight where it might even come down to, you know, what's Conor got in his heart. If, if he gets dropped, will he have the heart to recover? Uh, is he going to show, is he going to show um, adaptability in the fight? against someone at that level because I'm sure he's, he's shown it us before but can he do it against someone like Jenkins is he, is he able to do that and it's, it's not a shame if you can't do it right now again he's not been in boxing for the longest time but he keeps improving so what about what's your take on that how do you see that one playing out yeah so Jenkins is very good technically and he's got a great boxing brain but he's not the biggest um, welterweight you know he could probably still mm -hmm. make super lightweight probably won't like me saying that because you know it means a lot of dieting and stuff but probably could still make it and cuts easily as well. He's been cutting a lot of his fights. He must have a lot of scar tissue still around his face. And Conor Ben, for all his flaws, has improved. Is a lot more poised now than he used to be. Flaws, that's the word. Flaws, sorry. I yeah. was looking for that word for so long. Happy to help. Too late, but you know, story of my life. Um, but oh it hits very hard as well. And I just think there'll be times in the fight, if it happens, where Jenkins will make him look quite silly and quite amateurish. 
and maybe amateurish is the wrong word because he didn't have many amateur fights, but you know what I mean, quite novicey. And um, I think it will depend on the second half of the fight and whether Ben can get close enough and inflict enough punishment to either force a stoppage or cut him and get a cut stoppage. Because if it comes, I don't think he'll win a decision against Chris Jenkins, I guess is what I'm saying. Would you play it a bit like the Eubank Saunders fight ish? That's a pretty good, like a lower level, but yeah, that's a pretty good analogy. A lower level, but then I think, again, like. Kind of a raw, a raw guy, technically, but with great athleticism, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. But then again, if you compare Ben and Eubank, oh shit, Ben and Eubank, I didn't realize. Mm -hmm. Uh, If you compare Ben and Eubank, I feel like uh, Ben has a lot more fundamentals locked down than Eubank does in terms of, you know, Eubank has his flashy style of... Maybe you know, not now, I don't know. I, I would say he's got a lot more... Now hard to tell, though, because we've not really seen him much. I'd say he's probably got more fundamentals locked down than when Eubank fought Saunders. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's same I mean. stage, I'd say, definitely. I think Eubank's improved as well since then. I think the Eubank who fought the girl, even though it was an ugly fight, I felt he showed a fair bit of improvement. And now he's out with Roy Jones, obviously, in, in the States, and we might see more improvement still. I don't know. I saw some a video of them doing um, the head movement drill, yeah. And um, I've been trying to copy that in the back garden very unsuccessfully. But it just looked like Roy Jones, even at his advanced age, was so much faster on his feet than Eubank Jr. So it seemed like a steep learning curve. Do you think Roy Jones is going to come to any advantage in the ring technically uh, to support Eubank? Because, look, you can be a great fighter like Roy is one of the, in, in a lot of people's opinion, even in my opinion, I think he's one of the greatest of all time in terms of the ab- ability he brought to boxing. It was different. Um, so, he, you know, even though he's got that caliber, as a coach, he's not proven. He's not done anything. He's not shown True. Anything. But what I would say is that although Eubank will never be as good as Roy Jones Jr., obviously, Roy Jones Jr. was a supreme athlete. And he wasn't necessarily the best kind of technical boxer in a traditional sense. And, but he's, he was blessed with incredible speed and, and just great athleticism. And I think Eubank Jr., albeit to a lesser extent, is in a similar situation in that he's never going to be a technical marvel. He's too old and he's been boxing the same way for too long to change that much. But Roy Jones Jr. may be able to harness some of that athleticism and get him to use it in the right way and at the right times in fights. Because I think mm. Eubank Jr. will often do things just for the sake of it, or has done in the past, like that flashy uppercut he throws. It won't always be set up, and it won't always be at the right time or from the right angle. He'll just do it because he knows it's his pet punch and he, he's good at it. Whereas Jones will be able to tell him, look, you know, when the guy pulls back, you do this. When he steps in, you step to the side and throw the uppercut, and stuff like that. And I just think that's, that's uh, invaluable. If you can learn anything from someone who's a living legend of the sport, You've got to. I mean, the toughest thing might be understanding Jones's accent, that deep southern drawl. But if Eubank can master that, he's been in the States for a lot of his life, you know, fair play to him. Just the fact that he's going out of his way to improve, that's something that always impresses me about a fighter, someone who's willing to leave home comforts behind, abandon their whole kind of usual life to improve. I think that's, that's pretty awesome. Yeah. I don't, want, I don't want to step on his glory when, by you saying that, but, you know, Eubank's always out and about, man. I'm sure he's enjoying America. I'm sure he's enjoying, you know, he'd rather be in America than Brighton, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure he would. Yeah, I suppose. But he's he's kind of... No, but no, it's a fair point, you know. But why not, you know, enjoy it while you've got it kind of thing. I know, you know, it depends where you train as well. People have gone up to Big Bear have said before that it's just a ghost town. There's nothing to do up there but boxing, which is the whole point of it. But I think a lot of people haven't coped with that very well. I think Tyson Fury didn't love it when he was there for a couple of weeks. and, And for that reason, you know, it's just nothing to do. Mm, yeah for sure it's going to be interesting I want to see Eubank back 
in action sooner rather than later against a good fighter. The, the Charlo fight still still there, still being talked about. I think that's a good one. Yeah, or even a Saunders rematch if if Saunders doesn't end up fighting Canelo or Callum Smith. But I think we want to see Saunders against Callum Smith, don't we? I think it's, it's going to happen. It's got to be. Either, it's got to be. It's got to be one of the two. If it's not them two, then just unify against um, what's his name, Caleb Plant. Yeah. Plant's got I like the look of him, but needs a test. So yeah, it'd be good. That's it. That's, we've got to see that. Go on, Billy. If you're here, you heard it here. I know you're trying to get that Canelo fight. I know you're trying to get that Callum Smith fight. But if neither of them fall out or work out, um, Caleb Plant. Or drop back down and fight Demetrius Andrade. Get your belt back. That's another option, yeah. I don't know. It's never a fight I've liked for Saunders, that Andrade fight. But you never know. I'm glad you're, you're someone who calls him by his proper pronunciation of his name as well. It very rarely happens. What did I, how did I pronounce it? Andrade rather than Andrade. Oh, Andrade. Andrade. Yeah. I call him both. Bro. I've, I've, I've said both. What yeah, is it? Usually, I... if a, with a Mexican fighter has got that surname, it is Andrade. But for him, it is Andrade. Like, I've interviewed him and he said specifically, that's how you pronounce my Andrade. name. So my dad says it. So not Demetrius my dad, Andrade. his dad, obviously. Demetrius Andrade. Okay. Mr. I'm going to keep that in my head <laughs> for the next one, for the next interview. There you go. All right. Well, we've been Danny Flexen and Fuad Abdulaziz, FNF. As, uh, as, we'll, as we'll be known going forward in our musical careers. And uh, <laughs> we're going to freestyle. One, one, one week, we're going to freestyle. We're, we're, planning, we're cl- planning to drop a, a rap single very soon. So. A collab. Keep it a collab. All right. We we'll really appreciate you all tuning in. And um, hopefully we'll make this a, a weekly thing, at least as long as lockdown. Well, not lockdown. Can't call it that anymore. Because people Whatever it is. Shutdown. As long as shutdown continues to give a nod to Skepta. Who will be <laughs> the first person playing, playing the uh, single? Skepta will be on a feature as well. Watch out. <laughs> yeah, featuring Skepta. I love it. Uh, all right, guys. So, peace. See you soon.